Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. This is a Rabble Podcast Network show. New voices in your head. It's radio. Free radio. Well, welcome to another edition of Face to Face. It's October 29th, uh, 2013, two days before uh, Halloween here uh, in uh, Toronto, I guess in the West. But I don't really know. My, my daughter was asking me about Halloween in Cambodia yesterday, oh, wow. and I'm not sure what that uh, was all about, but uh, I'm pretty sure <laughs> they don't celebrate Halloween in Cambodia. Uh, Michael, thank you for joining us today. Thanks for having me, man. So my guest today is Michael Prosserman from an organization called Unity. Uh, he's going to tell you a little bit more about what they do and what they're up to. Uh, maybe a little bit about a holiday fundraising campaign they're involved in right now. And also something we were just chatting about briefly about a, a new uh, kind of exciting initiative they're working on, a social enterprise uh, clothing line, which is uh, kind of cool. And that's unishop.ca. Uh, um, Michael, what's the uh, address of uh, Unity's website? It's www.unitycharity.com. Unitycharity.com. Yep. So, so you're a break dancer? That's me. That's you. So, so tell me uh, a little bit more about how, um, you know, why, why you uh, ended up pursuing break dancing and how it got you to this point here today. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, I just love to do it. Um, you know, when I was a little kid, I about three years old, I used to watch TV upside down on my head for whatever reason. 
this is a strange thing I did as that a child. That is a pretty strange thing. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of freaked out my mom because she thought, because I was only three, that I might hurt myself or break my neck or something. So she put me in gymnastics school and uh, got me doing some flips on these bars and stuff and jumping into pits of foam and whatnot. Did you have kind of no fear as a kid? Not really, actually. I just loved uh, being upside down and going on my hands. <laughs> I loved being upside down. There's the quote. That's going to go on the, on the bio for sure. I mean, I skateboarded a lot as a kid. Cool. And up until a certain point, and that's what, 30-some years ago that I skateboarded. And I, I, I was never fearless. There was, I, would, I could go to a certain point, and then I just couldn't go any further. So, you know, there were certain things I wouldn't do. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. But, no, uh, I'm all about... Just going for it. I mean, I was really good at walking on my hands, and that became a strange thing that I did. And I don't know. Eventually, when I saw breakdancing, it was just it just made sense. So you have no idea why you like watching television upside down. <laughs> Maybe I could see it clearer. I don't know. <laughs> That's right. Well, for me, I mean, I've studied philosophy for years. So for me, it's all about the question. It's all about the the uh, the structure and the framework. So if you're you know, you're seeing the world upside down. I mean, already you're as a young, was it three, did you say? Three years old. Three yeah. years old, you're already saying, you know, there's something not right with things the way they are <laughs> right side up. I'm going to turn the world upside down at a very young age. I mean, it's a great metaphor for a whole lot of things to me as That's well. That's pretty funny. I'm going to steal that. Yeah, it's cool. It's really cool. I mean, there's actually this uh, this guy by, uh, uh, that I studied uh, a great deal of by the name of Michael Plania, and he t- he's a chemist who became a philosopher later in his life, and he, he talks about this whole idea of tacit knowledge and it's all about this knowing that's embodied that that we have i mean a break dancer would have all kinds of tacit knowledge yeah. that you have to indwell in order to do what you do well and so it's kind of controversial in the philosophical community because you know they would claim oh that's just habit and that's what are you talking about that's not real knowledge and yeah. and so on but he tells this really interesting story about a uh, scientist who uh, ended up wearing, I'm taking, by the way, we're on radio, and I'm taking my glasses off and turning them upside down just to <laughs> sort of show Michael here. But the idea was that the spatial, your vision would be inverted. Uh. And, the, and the experiment was to see how long would it take before you would start realizing that things on your right were actually on your left, and so on, oh, that's where door handles change, you know, and so it's immediately what it reminded me of when you mentioned, yeah, I started seeing the world upside down at three, so it's pretty fascinating. I like it. I, I like do it. too. I never well, thought of it that way. And, and doesn't a break dancer spend a lot of time spinning on their head? Um, I did. Yeah. Back. Back in the day? In the day. I can't do that anymore due <laughs> right. to sort of the way I'm built, but... Uh, you have a, some neck, neck injuries as well, I understand. Yeah, I was... Born with fused vertebrae. Oh, okay. Um, and I only later found this out in around first or second year university. Wow. When, uh, so we're talking 17, 18 years later. Yeah. You found out from the first time you watched television. <laughs> Mr. Dress Up, was it? Uh, Probably. Yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, I just, uh, I used to do these slow motion head spins where that was sort of my signature move where I'd sort of push off and be able to go without my hands but in like really slow motion. And, uh, yeah, I just started feeling pain and hmm. these things down my arm and this feeling, and I needed to check it out. So I went to get an MRI, and I got it scanned out, sort of freaked out a bit. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, the doctor just said, stop dancing. Stop dancing, yeah. Like all forms of dancing, yeah, or just, just stay off your head? Stop 
doing physical activity. Wow. Okay. Um, so that's a big uh, shutdown. Yeah, it was kind of crappy. Yeah, um, I guess so. For three years, I just stopped breakdancing. Okay. And then I kind of said, screw it. And did you have the idea for Unity at this point at all? This was, yeah, as Unity was developing. As Unity was developing, okay. Yeah, this was during university, so we had registered uh, Unity as a student club at this point. It wasn't an official charity. We weren't registered with the government or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I was just bringing it to more and more schools at that time. Um, but yeah, it was uh, it was a pretty big letdown to have to stop dancing. But then I just said, screw it. And, you know, I want to do what I want to do and do what I love. And I'll find different ways to do that so I don't go in my head anymore. And I'm able to still break dance and compete and travel. With right. So so you this. were competing. So so you start doing this at a fairly young age. You don't skateboard. You break dance. I mean, do you make money break dancing? I mean, do you get trophies dancing? I mean, how does yeah, that work? Yeah, like you can you can win and get the cash prize, but like you don't make it your career necessarily. Right. Right. Um, I got to travel to all sorts of cool places. You know, they fly us out to battle in England or Japan. I just went two weeks ago, uh, Holland. Uh, yeah, I mean, you sort of become this like somebody in a world of nobodies <laughs> right right um but and what makes you a good break dancer sorry i'm i'm uh, you got to educate me here michael what like, makes you a better break dancer than somebody else is it just a is it that you're creating new stuff or is it a style that you choose or are you just really good at it uh or is it a bit of a, a little bit of all of that depends i mean yeah. there comes experience in anything you do you kind of just look at a guy who plays yo-yo and you could tell if they just started or if they're just like a whiz at it um that's from a general sort of non-breakdancing crowd but if you look at you know if you're an actual breakdancer you can tell the little technicalities of the little details um and after about you know five years ten years you start to pick up on those like little nuances yeah sure of, like how you place your foot did you or, did, did did you just start or, or did, you, did you watch it on, on MTV, or did you have a teacher at school that was, um, a, you know, an incentive for you to get involved? Or Well, learning to do handstands actually paid off at this huh. point because I was strong and had right. good balance. Right, right. So I was, in a sense, a bit ahead of some of the people who had just started who didn't have that. Right. Um, so, so you I had could, an upper body strength as well. Yeah, exactly. Balance, yeah. Just jump right into it. So a little bit of a gift going on maybe in some regards, but also plenty of hard work by the sounds of it. It was more hard work okay. and luck that matched the huh. two together. Um, I wouldn't say I'm natural at anything, to be honest. It was just a lot of practice. And then it translated into this other world, which actually started making sense to me, which was right. the dance. Right, right. Um, I saw a dude... Uh, doing this move called a 1990 which is like spinning on one hand upside down okay. um, and as soon as I saw that this was at a bar mitzvah when I was like 12 <laughs> which is pretty funny yeah it was pretty jokes that's and, hysterical yeah it was pretty funny and this yeah. guy is it, just coincidentally from one of the top crews in the world he huh. happened to get hired and his crew to perform they're called the Boogie Brats that's the name of their crew um, and anyways I saw this and I'm like you know I need that so I went I need, home. I need that in my life. I kind need of. that. Like that's cool. That's amazing. I got to learn how to do that. I want to see that again. I want to do that. Cool. I yeah. want to be. So part you were of fascinated, that. kind of, by the, the the energy of it, the technique of it, and, and the skill probably involved to actually be able to do something like that. Yeah, and it just opened. Precision. Yeah, it just opened my mind. Right. Like cool. I'm like, Neat. 
well, I knew I could walk on my hands, but I didn't know I could spin on them. Like, right, right. <laughs> nice, nice stepping stone to sort of what was next for you. How old were you at that point? So bar mitzvah? Probably 12, yeah. 13, you know. 12 when I saw it, 13 when I started uh, really trying it. Um, and they did before, that was just before they had YouTube, so we I'd go to this website that doesn't exist anymore, but it was... Pre-YouTube, man, you're old. Ah, uh, yeah, right. <laughs> Is uh, breakdance.com, and they'd have, like, text descriptions oh, yeah. of, like, how to do it, which doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. You know what? This is awesome. You are so touching on on exactly what I, I did my master's thesis on. This guy yeah. I was just telling you about, Michael Poigny. You know, you can have a textual description of how to ride a bike. Hmm. It's probably not going to help. No. you got to get on the bike and ride it. You can Apparently, there's a mathematical formula for how to ride a bike. Huh. So... It's not really going to help my six-year-old <laughs> with training wheels. You know what I'm saying? No, no, So no. it's really kind of a cool thing. So what you've done is you've built up all this sort of embodied knowledge over the years that mm. allows you to do what you do well, I think. Uh, and uh, it's, yeah, building blocks, you know, little little steps yeah. that ultimately reach toward this sort of bigger goal from a, from a technical perspective. Absolutely. And I think that translates, sure, that translates into dancing, but it also translates into what we do with Unity because... yeah. yeah. I mean, I became a professional breakdancer, whatever you would call that, yeah, sure. um, just by doing it and yep. trying, failing, and just yep. figuring it out myself and amongst my friends who also didn't really know what they were doing. They're just trying it. Um, and that's the same with Unity. I mean, we don't have professional anyone's working for us. We just try it. We see other people doing it. They do it well. We copy a little bit right. what we think sure. works and sure. throw out the stuff we don't think so, works. So what is Unity? So you got about eight or nine employees. You're in this fancy investment office in downtown <laughs> Toronto here. I'm very impressed. I'm a little surprised we haven't had a, like a cheese tray and a little glass of wine arrive <laughs> yeah, yet. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, we're actually moving out of here. Okay. That's, uh, we were, you know, any... Donated space, by the way, just to be clear. Any yeah. donated space we will take. And yeah, it yeah. served its purpose for yeah. the first five years it's of cool. our growth. It's neat. But now we're on to more creative space, yeah. which is what people would imagine. We of course, yeah. Would like be a space in. where you could actually probably rehearse and yeah, exactly. film video, that kind of stuff. And we're not sitting on top of each other. <laughs> right, right, yeah. Um, You're doing what you have to do to make work. I'll never forget walking into the office of Make Poverty History in Ottawa thinking, wow, this is going to be cool and isn't this going to be awesome? And you've got a space, what, 100 square feet there, 10 by 10? Oh, yeah. I walk in, no kidding, office is smaller and just books and papers and I just I think it was a real eye opener for me. Okay, this is what you got to do to make a nonprofit work. This is what you know, these are the kinds of costs that yeah. are involved, you know. Uh, you're going to be sitting on top of each other yeah, and yeah. potentially more so in coffee shops yeah. than anywhere else. Yeah, yeah, you got to do what you got to do, especially I think on any kind of uh, entrepreneurial level. And I want to talk more about your enterprise your your social enterprise with the clothing in a few sure. minutes, but but I think it's all all kind of connected. Yeah. You know, I think your line about, you know, you try, trying, failing and figuring it out on your own. I mean, talk about a TEDx talk. You yeah. Know? <laughs> I mean, that's awesome. I mean, that's really what it's about. It's about stepping out, I think, and in f- fear, mm. take the risk and, and make it make sense of it. So Unity is you got about nine employees, your nonprofit charitable status, you're raising funds, you're you're engaging young people yep. to do what? Dance? Um, we're engaging, we say we engage youth, um, through cool stuff like breakdancing, spoken word, poetry, graffiti art, and beatboxing to ultimately empower them to become role models. So, you know, we use these art forms to get them hooked because they're cool and they speak to these young people, um, mostly high schools and teenagers who are some of the 
more difficult young people to reach when you know they just of tell course. it straight up like it is. Um, and we use this to hook them into you know a deeper leadership program, teaching them how to you know, use presentation skills for real life, uh, set goals for their future, um, have some stress management so that they can you know use the art to deal with some of their anger. Um, we have a tagline that's uh, express your stress and develop hmm. skills for success. Hmm. So get rid of the anger so you can focus on not only just what's in front of you, but on your future are as well. Are teenagers really angry today? Oh, yeah. I mean... About what? Just... I mean, I can guess. I mean, I was a teenager, obviously, 27 years ago or whatever the heck it was. Yeah, I was, yeah. I suppose, angry mostly... I don't know. I think mostly at the church, actually. I was angry <laughs> at then. <back> then. <laughs> that's funny, yeah. yeah I that's mean, a whole other podcast. That's another yeah. situation. Yeah, that's right. I'm not super opinionative on that sort of thing. I just generally focus on what I focus on. And yeah. So what are the, what are kids angry about today? Um, yeah, a lot. I mean, there especially if you're going into communities that you know have a lot of their own challenges. Um, kids are just lost. They're putting a lot of decisions on kids, causing a lot of stress, especially as they're going through high school. Um, you Got know, it. Like you're talking, are you talking like career, marks, career, marks, future, stuff? and a right. lot of. You know, sometimes what are you doing with your life? What are you doing? And that's also coming both from family and from school. Sure. Yeah. And uh, sort of this, dec- like this separation of like labeling systems within schools. For example, you know, if a kid gets himself into academic math early on in university, uh, sorry, in high school, they're sort of on this path to go to university. And if they get into applied or you know developmentally delayed or whatever the different terms they have. They're sort of on a different path, and this label sort of defines their future in some ways. So we want to allow young people to define new labels for themselves. Yeah. What, what, Michael, what about, I mean, you, you've been in a lot, hundreds of schools over the last 10 years, 8, 9 years, something like yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Unity's been around 2005, is that right? Uh, it started as a high school project in 2004. 2004. When I was in grade 11. What else are young people dealing with today? I mean, are we talking about the classic stuff, you know, kind of uh, peer pressure, consumerism, uh, suicide, you know, the, uh, sex, I mean, drug. I mean, are these all part of it? Yeah, or, absolutely. Or, teenagers yeah, just yeah. are teenagers. Teenagers are teenagers, and, yeah. And, you know, they deal with all these issues. And we don't like to call ourselves an anti-drug or anti-violence or anti-anything because we're. it's a more holistic approach. If yeah, you go sure. at a kid and you're like... I'm offering an anti-drug program with hip-hop. It's just like, cool, go away, you know? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. yeah. It just, so we'd rather say we're just offering a hip-hop program and then we embed the leadership, which c- creates better capacity for these kids to deal with all these challenges. Interesting. Do the students at any point ever feel tricked? Oh, great. Yeah, you guys are we're about bullying all along. We knew it. No, because we don't overkill it. Uh, we're still subliminal with the, that messaging. And we really wait till the end of the project yeah. to really go deeper. Right. Um, and we do it in a very human way. It's not about, you know, bringing in a bullying expert. We're still, right. everyone who facilitates is an artist. Um, and they're a top artist in their art form. So we're not tricking them in any way, shape, or form. We're still, they're getting lessons on how to do their art form. And yep. embedded in those lessons are these uh, other skills. Skills. Is it is it something that takes place during, during school hours? Or is this an after-school program? It's an after-school program. Oh, yeah. okay. It's an 18-week program that wow. happens... In uh, right now, eight schools, but uh, and this is just Toronto, GTA, Ontario. Right now, we focus the after-school program in in uh, GTA. Okay, but uh, we're rolling out another program nationally. We call it the Unity Hub. 
excuse me, which is uh, an employment training program for wow. for young artists, and that's happening now in Halifax and Calgary. And funny enough, we launched it first in Halifax, and now we're going to be launching it in Toronto. Uh, oh, okay. After oh, that's interesting. Doing it yeah. In a different city. So, so uh, I'm really interested to follow this line of thinking for a couple of minutes. So you've got uh, dejected youth on some level, I suppose. Uh, are you are you concerned about the future for them? Do you, do you, I mean, we're talking about future leaders. We're talking about uh, we're talking about young people who are hopefully going to be running the country and the military and involved in politics and running nonprofits. Mm-hmm. You know, it's easy for old people like me <laughs> to go, "Oh boy, those those crazy youth today." Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. and I mean, we dealt my wife and I and friends we dealt with the same stuff you know mm. we just had we didn't have Twitter we didn't have YouTube you know we we had different ways of blowing off steam and and I sometimes think that us older fart like folk <laughs> <laughs> uh, are, are just I don't know living this nostalgic dream you know so I guess my question is are you really worried about young people today I mean clearly you are concerned otherwise you wouldn't have this amazing capacity building initiative that you're working in about empowerment and leadership and so on. I love w- what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. But uh what do you think bigger picture? Are we going to be okay? I don't know. I mean there's so much, you know, uh such a gap between the rich and the poor and this yep. sort of thing going on that it yep. it makes it challenging to say where we'll be and that's only getting worse. So I think some of the communities that are getting forgotten are going to get further and further forgotten. Mm, and interesting, you know, some yeah. of these communities that don't have strong positive leaders, they have strong leaders doing other things. Yes, um, and not to say that they don't; they definitely have lots of strong leaders. But the more positive and strong leaders that these communities have, the more they're going to be able to bring up their community with them. Um, and we want to sort of get young people leading that movement because if their little brothers and sisters are looking up to them then you know all of a sudden and they and they're good they're break dancers that are cool right they're cool but they're also concerned about things that matter etc making good choices making good choices and yeah. if they're cool and making good choices and their brothers and sisters are looking up to them then that's the type of leader that we want not they're cool but in for all the wrong reasons right right um and right. leading their little brothers and sisters down the same path that they went and generation after generation what kind of um, what kind of success rate have you guys had? I mean, have you been able to see placements uh, of of some of your former kind of proteges, and yeah, of mentees, and yeah. so on? I, I bet you some of them have volunteered with you over the years. Tons, yeah. yeah. I mean, volunteered for sure. Come back as mentors, definitely. Um, they also many have been employed through us now that they've yeah. graduated yeah. and have become some of our top facilitators yeah, for youth. It's great, not only in their community, but across Canada with us. Yeah. yeah. Um, a lot of them go into school for social work or education, like to become teachers. Right, sure. Yeah. So they can feel like they yeah, and you, you know what, give so, that back. Michael, what's so brilliant about that, I mean, brilliant and frustrating, I think, having worked in this kind of similar field uh, that you're in for years, is you, you, you kind of can take a certain amount of affirmation knowing that you really did play a huge role in that and a part in that and so on. You might even have data on it, mm. right? You might have done some RBM sort of monitoring and evaluation reports for your different donors and so on. Yeah. Uh, but you, you might not ever really know unless you get those anecdotal stories. And that's, I think it's a real tension for people working in the nonprofit sector. Mm. You know, it's like a doctor, you know, or a teacher. My wife is a, a, a teacher librarian now. And, and so those moments that I remember as a kid from mm. school. How mm. didn't my grade four teacher ever know that she was going to uh, 
uh, inspire me to do A, B, or C. And the same with my wife. Same with you know what I mean. It's it's a it's a tough. So 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 how do you um, how do you stay excited about it? <laughs> That's a crazy question. How do I stay excited <laughs> about it? Or, I'm or always you... excited about everything. Oh, okay, um, cool. That's great. Because there's so much going on. Yeah, and I think you probably can all hear the smile in Michael's voice, by the way. Yeah. Yes, definitely. Yeah. Um, I, we move very quickly. Yeah. Um, even compared to large charities, large organizations. I you mean, don't hear that very often about the nonprofit sector or, frankly, the corporate sector. Yeah. You know, corporate, you know, let's be fair, big banks don't exactly move quickly. No, no, know? for sure. I mean, yeah. we just don't waste time. It's good. We it's focus awesome. on smart things, uh, things that we think are smart, and when right. we figure out they're stupid, we stop doing them. Um, <laughs> and we have this culture of, like, we have a lot of fun. We work very flexible locations, hours, and whatever, but ultimately we expect things to get done, and our team is amazing. And because of that, we always have exciting things happening. So, yeah. I, you know, whether it's an after-school program launching in another city or it's, uh, you know, our new social enterprise clothing line or our new, you know, communication stuff, maybe website or a new campaign. There's just always something going on. So, yeah, yeah. And, I, and, my and, it job, is ex- and it is exciting. It's I mean, fun, you're, yeah. you're building community. You're working with people that you clearly care a great deal about of course yeah. not, not only your team but i'm i'm suggesting as well the young folks that of you're, course you're yeah. engaging with right so yeah that's amazing so are you still are you still in the middle of it like i mean obviously you're running the joint yeah um but but are you still like on stage and performing and so on or not so much i'm slightly removed into at times like i don't go to everyday programs uh you know the after school program every day we have a guy who runs that andel he's amazing okay we have a national director as well who runs programs nationally nice. Uh, we have someone who runs a festival specifically, okay, yeah. um, and then someone who manages quality for all of those people because we feel that you know you have to because the only reason we got so big or even people love what we do is because it was the best thing that they'd ever seen, hmm. and we have to do that no gotta matter do that all the time. how big we become. Yeah, Got to knock it out of the park. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. like growing the grassroots, um, which is rare because sometimes people grow and they're like, okay, cool, we can't be grassroots anymore, so yeah. let's give that idea up and yeah. become corporate. We're never going to do that. Tell me a little bit about that idea of not being satisfied with mediocrity, that you always want to you know, do something really great. Uh, my understanding and my remembrance of school programs was that ah, they weren't that great. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like speakers were usually kind of lame, yeah. pretty boring, maybe had a bit of a hook, but really came to talk about bullying for 50 minutes yeah, 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 or, yeah. Or, or, or whatever. And I've heard that from my nieces and people that I've uh, talked with along the way. Is that is it is that true? I mean, is yeah, the... no. I think the reason we've been successful in that, and we've analyzed presentations exactly like the ones you're talking about, um, and I've seen some good presentations too, but yeah, of much less than yeah. I, yeah. the amount of bad ones I've yeah, seen. Yeah, yeah, sure, uh, sure. But anyways, uh, the way we do it is we keep it real. We tell our own real personal stories. We're not talking about things we don't know about. We're not listing off statistics and scaring people. We're just saying this is my story. This is what I did. This is how I got to where I got to. And, you know, we structure those stories, sure. you know, yep. accordingly, but we're still, we're not making up our story. It's our story. We do performances, so the kids get hooked. They think that's cool. We tell our story, and we ask them to share their story as right. part of the program right. uh, and teach them how to do that in a safe way because that can also open up a can of worms. But, yeah. So, so, so uh, the other question I'm really interested in um, is, uh, is the hook. 
So, so you come, you do a presentation, hmm. and then you say, hey, by the way, we're coming next week to do an after-school program, or starting on January the 1st, we'll be back to do this. Exactly. Please sign up now. Yeah, so we have something called a Unity Day, which is a day where we... Is that the one at Dundas Square? No. Okay, no, no, no. I, want to talk, one... I, want, I want you to tell me more about that. 35,000 people at this thing. Yeah. It's that's, insane. That's another whole okay, monster. Okay, we, we need to talk about that. Awesome thing. But, but yeah, uni so Unity Day, yeah. Yeah, so Unity Day is a full day where we take over school for about, you know, usually the younger guys, grade 9s and 10s, always in high schools, and we get them pumped up. We do an assembly in the morning where we tell our stories, perform, and even do these skits that are sort of cheesy, but we sort of make fun of them and, like, directly right right <laughs> like, like sure. an after school special and like people yeah. laugh um so we do that assembly in the morning that gets people hooked we do a cypher in the hallways like in the middle of the well i don't even know what that is oh yeah so in the middle of like a big open space we'll yeah. just make a big circle oh and okay people can jump in and dance and share their art form oh. and it's very organic and it feels almost now like you're getting a sense for how old i am <laughs> <laughs> no no you're good most people don't know what a cypher is <laughs> okay in your defense good, good. excellent um, but anyway, so this thing gets, you know, people really engage and they jump in and you start seeing kids who never done art forms or you didn't know they did jumping in the middle. Um, and it's also kind of that raw energy. It feels like yeah. a fight almost. And then people come up to it and they're like, oh, it's a cypher. And kids know what this is and they jump yeah. in. And, and is it all breakdancing? No, you get MCs, you get uh, dancers often, beatboxers. So we just wow. throw all the art cool. forms in there. Um, but anyways, that's sort of. Then in the afternoon, we actually replace classroom time with workshops. So we go into like dance class, uh, sometimes like a gym class with a dance break dancing workshop. So it's like an introduction to the art form. So this whole crazy unity day um, gets kids super amped. And we then say, now we're coming next week to this for, for, for this after school program that's going to happen year round. It's actually going to start year round every week? Yeah, every week wow. for 18 weeks. Wow. Um, yeah, that's, that's, that's significant. It's a commitment, yeah. And, and you've been... I mean, lots of kids have gone through this. Tons. We get about 200 kids each year going through this wow. program. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's life-changing. And I really feel that, you know, we're not just messing around. We're not just teaching dance here. Right. Yeah. Like we have it's good. 20, 30 pages of lesson plans written by our best artists on how they facilitate each week and themes for each week. So it's not just, oh, let's teach dance. It's like this week we're teaching presentation skills. Right. This right. week we're teaching teamwork you know, having a crew and what yeah, that means, excellent. you yeah. know, a second yeah. Yeah, sort of sure. support structure in your life. Yeah. I love the community, uh, like nature of it. Yeah. You know, the, the whole idea of a crew, I mean, to me, sound like people you trust. Yeah. And that you, uh, you, yeah, I mean, I think trust probably is the thing that rings uh, the loudest for me. Yeah. Uh, these are people you'd be performing with, speaking with, hanging out with, right? Yeah. And they learn yeah. a lot about each other. I mean, yeah, sure. we've had a lot of, you know, surveys and testimonials showing like kids, you know, learn about each other's stories yeah, so course. the kid yeah. maybe yeah. being bullied and the bullies start to say hey you know maybe yeah. we should just chill out now yeah. and get to yeah. know each other yeah. because you're actually going through some real life stuff yeah um so when you first started out uh, so you, so i know you're a break dancer i know you're clearly a passionate guy and uh um you like to stand on your head <laughs> at a very young age yeah. why did you want to kind of change the world that always fascinates me because clearly you are an entrepreneur in that sense. You're a, you're an innerpreneur, <laughs> as some have said in the last few years. Never heard that. Um, why? What was driving you? I just love it. Yeah. I love dancing. Yeah. I love the feeling of, you know, the pride when you see a young person that you've worked with or your own best friend now having a job with you that 
you know, it can be so rewarding to do what you love and give back at the right. same time. Right, right. Like, there's nothing better. And I get people from corporate world, because we do have now corporate sponsors jumping on board and getting involved because, you know, they're maybe my age, but right. they, right. and they used to break dance or they used to do some sort of yeah. hip hop or they even just listen to it. And then they're just kind of like, hey, you did it. Like, you know, and I feel that from someone wearing a suit next to me. Um, so I'm just so proud to, you know, have not just gone the corporate route, even though I totally could have. Um, and I'm not anti-corporate in any way, shape, or form. It's just, you know, we work very closely together with a lot right. of our right. the corporations. But the idea of being able to change the world and do something that you love and getting paid at, at the same yeah, time, yeah, there's so many. Does it get much better? No, than that? exactly. Right. You know, yeah. you wake up every day. Well, um, is there a sense? Do you think there's a sense? It. And loving it. Is there? Do you think there's a sense when a lot of us do sell out, sort of? Um, no, I don't think so. I mean, if that ever happens to me, I'm just going to, like, disappear and move to a mountain somewhere. Right. And, right, like, right. need to, like, recharge life. Because I, I think people make choices. Yeah, absolutely. People make conscious and sometimes not so conscious yep. choices. Well, even that's a choice, right? I mean, to not think about the choices you're making, it's a bit of a contradiction, but... That was a choice you made somewhere along the line. Probably happens more often than people consciously choosing things because I don't think common sense is super common. And it's just like if you love something, then do it and you'll find a way to, you know, pay yourself to do it. And I'm not just talking about, you know, doing a nonprofit. It's like if you want to sell like candy and you want to be the best in that, look at people around you who are selling candy, look for a void and fill that gap. I mean, yeah. do yeah. what you love. I, I yeah. don't think it's too far from the tree. It's just you got to fight for it. And the first five to ten years will suck terribly. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty funny. Also, the title of a TED Talk that uh, maybe you should be Oh, yeah. On. I don't know. The first five years will suck terribly. Is that it? <laughs> yeah. That's funny. <laughs> it is funny. Yeah. I think that could be awesome. That I should be, be taking notes. That could be pretty fun. Um, Tell me about the the t. I, I went to t-shirts. You called it a clothing line. It sounds way higher end. Tell oh. me, tell me about the uh, this social enterprise that you guys have just launched. Um, so yeah, my uh, you know we've created this t-shirt line. Um, we create sweaters, t-shirts, hats, the whole gamut, um, and it's all designed by the youth. So the youth, uh, one of the girls from five years ago in our first after after school program in Don Mills, her name is CG, and she. I met her five years later, a couple years gap when we hadn't seen each other. And she just was so passionate and talking to me about these ideas and fashion. I'm like, oh, calm down. <laughs> I didn't know what to do with all this information, but I was just happy to see she was doing well. And she had started her own clothing line. Then we brought her in because we used to just sell T-shirts with our logo on. Right, them. right. Um, and she, we brought her on as an internship. We got a summer job grant from the Ontario government and we hired her for the summer. And she created a website, she created new designs, she brought in a team of youth, and they designed this whole clothing line. Um, and now, you know, we're making profit that goes back into the charity. Have you learned any of what you're doing, and I hope you forgive me for the comparison potentially, but the me to we, free the children kind of approach, is that sort of where you're heading? or? Yeah, yes and no. I mean, I feel that what we're not trying to become a, like a full-on enterprise in that sense. Like, I'd rather get these things on people's backs. And again, I don't know how they do their thing, but get these T-shirts and clothing uh, on people's backs, more people's backs for, like, cheap. 
because we can right. get it manufactured for cheap. So maybe just a little above, so we make a little bit on it. Yeah, sure. It's not about becoming an enterprise. It's about getting the word out there more than anything and right. having the kids feel proud because we have a <clears throat> thing that we say that when you wear our clothing, you live our values. So respect, passion, integrity, and community. You know, you can't wear this shirt to a party and get super drunk because right. that's a big no-no. And we wow. always say it's that. Kinda, my son just started Cub Scouts. It's mm. kind of got a, sorry for the comparison, totally, but it's got yeah. a little bit of that Cub Scout integrity edge to it. Absolutely. You know, we, we help people across the road. I mean, the second night my son's out at his Cub Scouts, they're out at a park cleaning up. Mm. He's eight. I mean, this is these are the values they're teaching. I'm thinking, geez, they should be like playing capture the flag, tonight. <laughs> not collecting garbage. Yeah, but yeah. that's what they did for you know. It's pretty. It's pretty amazing. It's uh, so so so. The idea is though that you want it to be sustainable. I mean, you Absolutely. want your clothes. It's got yeah. a, got right. I mean, that's I think one of the problem. One of the issues right now. Everybody seems to be concerned about donors and people in the field. Is how do we make these things, these initiatives? It's great that you're doing all these wonderful things, but mm. if ultimately everybody just has to keep paying for it, then it's a little harder to to make it last long. Absolutely, and I feel we dabble in everything in terms of fundraising from yeah. selling clothing that yeah. makes money to working with school boards who sure. pay for our services sure. Sure. because they see value they in it. They see them. value in it, yeah. Um, to donors who... Canadian government, they come alongside yeah. at all? We have uh, support from... That's great. Canadian, Ontario, Toronto. Nice, nice. Local, provincial, federal. Um, a lot of corporations have been jumping on that's, board and getting involved. It's just... It's exciting. Cool. yeah. It's really neat. Um, so tell me about your uh, your crazy uh, Dundas Square Day. <laughs> so you've done this for one year now or something? No, we've done it for five, for five years. years. Okay. But, I mean, it started in a small theater on, I think, Church Street or Jarvis. Okay. And uh, the Betty Elephant Theater. And then we got a grant one year and booked out Dundas Square. And this was two or three years ago for the first time. And then we got another grant and we brought in a headliner. And the whole idea is giving the youth who are part of our programs year-round a stage and to share that stage with one of their heroes in hip-hop. Um, like two, three hundred kids performed. We had hundreds of volunteers from high school. Um, it's just a great celebration of our year-round program. What's it, what's it actually called? Unity Festival. Unity Festival. Yeah. It happened uh, mid-July, th- Thursday to Sunday. The Saturday we had Dundas Square. Thursday to Sunday? Yeah. Wow, that's a serious event. It's pretty intense. <laughs> that is pretty intense. Headliner, who was the headliner? Or this who, year who? was Talib Kweli. Right, know, know them or him or her well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. You can look it up, you can Google that's it. That's right, you can Google it, yeah. Uh, we also had some other, like every day there's like a mini event, uh, an art form specific event yeah. we call them. Yeah. So Thursday was a beatbox event at the Mod Club, Friday was a breakdancing and all styles event at phoenix saturday was dundas square mixing all art forms sounds like a bit of a monster to put together it's a monster and yeah. then sunday was the poetry slam slash mc event um so every day also had its own mini headliner so huh. it had like Rozelle, who's a, a beatboxing legend right, right on thursday yeah um yeah. so for the beatboxers this is the best one of the better beatboxing events and it's all focused on youth because you get hip, big hip-hop events happening all the time but never are youth given the stage um, you know, more than two minutes at the end, or even at all. So clearly, break dancing, dancing of any kind, is is driven by music, and and hip hop, from what I know about it, is pretty in your face. Often, it's transparent, authentic. Do you think those are things that are that have allowed you to be successful as well? 
you know, obviously building community, good values, integrity, all these things come into play. But I sometimes wonder if one of the reasons why young people are angry or upset or whatever is that they haven't been given a, a space to be themselves, right? To, yeah. to actually say, this really bothers me and here's why, and be in a setting where they're open uh, with others and others are open with them, that's safe. Yeah, and it sounds I mean, to me like you guys maybe are providing some of that. Absolutely. I mean, not every kid loves sports. Right. And I think I we all assume that we that kids either play basketball, baseball, or soccer, and right. like, or hockey. I mean, it, it's not true. And some kids don't like sports. Some kids like to draw. And we have you know, you know, basic at best uh, art programs out there that support kids who have that. But we have leagues and fields and all this other stuff for sports. So. I mean, when you look at the comparison there, it's 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 crazy. I yeah, mean, there's yeah, no sure. real quality art stuff out there for kids, um, especially in urban arts. I mean, right. don't even go there. Like, that right. doesn't exist. And that's really what the majority of young people are into. They're not into puppetry. I mean, no offense yeah. to anyone yeah. who's into puppetry, yeah. but it's like they're not. And this is in their headphones right now. So if you can be in front of them teaching them the same thing, it's going to engage them in life, in school, in other relationships that are, you know, critical for their success. So um, we try to connect more than, again, I, I say it again, but just teaching hip-hop. Um, but it's a culture, so when they leave the school, they can be part of that too. They don't have to, you know, only participate in this after-school program. It's like they're becoming part of hip-hop culture, so they might make their own crew, you know, and have that own their own support structure outside of Unity. They might go to a jam and win it themselves that we didn't run because hip-hop is a culture. Yeah, sure. So, sure. yeah, I think it's it's bigger than just Unity providing this after-school program. You sound uh, to me, uh, you know, just to kind of we're going to have to wrap it up real soon. But to 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 circle back to the the question I had to you, you know, about young people today and huh. youth, you know, are they, you know, the angry youth, and and are you are you feeling okay? Are we going to be okay? Kind of to me, you sound pretty hopeful. I I'm all about the positive. I don't like talking about the negative um just because it only perpetuates it in my opinion um i mean it's good to be knowledgeable what's going on i don't want to be ignorant in that sense but at the same time i think people often talk too much about the negative so i'm going to legitimately be that guy who only focuses on the positive and people like it more like you know bleeding cells and what bleeds reads or whatever people that rhyme goes but People like the positive way more, and I don't think anyone is really, really focusing on that. Um, and I was in marketing and business, and uh, that's what my major was. And they're always like trying to find convincing ways to sell things to people. I think the most convincing thing is to just be honest, hmm. be humble, be real, and tell it like it is. Because Sounds like some politicians could do do well with your program. Yeah, yeah, straight <laughs> up. I'm just like, what are you saying? Like, tell me what's going on. You know, yeah. like, just. Put down all the bullshit and just yeah. be yourself. Because ultimately, I mean, when you lie about something, it just bites you in the ass. Ultimately, later it seems, it down seems the road. Ultimately, it's gonna, it's gonna, you know, that whole pay it forward. Maybe that's pay it backward. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, people call it that. People call it karma. Like whatever yeah, you call yeah, it, yeah, it's just a yeah. real thing. It's like if you lie now, it's gonna yeah. hurt later. Yeah. So what's, just like be straight I, up. I off, yeah, exactly. I often say, what's the downside to injecting a little more truth into a situation? And that, of course, <laughs> you know, you got to use a little bit of wisdom and hopefully, you know, a bit of a care, care and concern as well, because the truth can hurt. Totally. But, but but I love what you're talking about there. Humility. 
integrity, passion, commitment, making choices. Wow, you would have made a great existentialist. <laughs> I don't even know what that is. <laughs> well, there you go. I'm just tossing around a little lingo as well, right? Uh, the philosopher that I am, right? Cool. So that's, uh, listen, this has been wonderful. Thank you so much. So website is what? Uh, unitycharity.com. Unitycharity.com. And uh, you've also got... Uh, the, the new uh, enterprise, Uni Shop. Is that Uni Dash Shop? Uh, no, it's just unishop.ca. Check out the new social enterprise, the clothing line there. Unity Day next year in 50 schools. 50 schools. And then the actual uh, festival. When does that happen? Oh, that's going to be happening in July. In July summer. of next year. So stay tuned. Um, thanks a lot for joining us today. Really appreciate it. And uh, it's. Pretty clear to me there's always a little more going on than meets the eye. So, <laughs> Transformers, thanks, uh, thanks so much for having me. Thanks.